Justice requires that drug enforcement laws have teeth without being draconian. Our system could be much reformed. Those are some of the final words from Doug Wilson in his book, Devoured by Cannabis, and that's what we will be discussing today, drug laws and justice. Welcome to the Lancaster Patriot Podcast. My name is Chris Hume. I'm joined today by Luke Saint. Luke, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on again, Chris. And Dave Stoltzfus. Dave, thanks for coming in. Yep, thanks for having me. Today's episode is brought to you by Legacy Roofing. They're a local family-owned, licensed, and insured uh, roofing and exterior company based out of Denver, Pennsylvania. They serve Lancaster County and the surrounding counties. According to a customer review, they are they are absolutely the best. Here's what one customer says. Uh, I wish I could give Legacy Roofing way more than a five-star r- rating. They are the best. So if you need a new roof, a new deck, and uh, they can do quite a few th- other things as well, call Legacy Roofing at 484-219-4005. Again, Legacy Roofing, 484-219-4005. If you're anywhere near Lancaster County and need a new roof, give them a call. Also, before we get started here, I want to give a shout-out to our listeners in Alaska we have, uh, I guess, uh, a few listeners from Alaska, and uh, you know, I want to uh, publicly apologize for my Alaska jokes that I've made on this <laughs> podcast before. Uh, after talking with those brothers, Luke, you and I had a, a great conversation with some brothers in Alaska, and uh, yes, I'd, I'd be happy to uh, to move to Alaska. If people like that are there, so yes, Lord bless the work that they're trying to do out there. Yeah, so thank you for listening all, all the way in Alaska, and I know we have listeners uh, across the nation. So thanks for your support and listening to this podcast. All right, we're going to be talking about Doug Wilson's book. It's, again, entitled Devoured by Cannabis, and it's about drug laws and marijuana. Uh, before we do that, though, I just want to, want to preface this conversation, especially as we're going to be uh, digging into Doug Wilson's uh, arguments. One of the things we like to do on this show is take thoughts, dissect them, uh, and that's what Christians should really be doing with any arguments, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And and uh, we've done that before with, you know, James White's debates, and, and we've talked a little about Doug Wilson before, and here, obviously, we're going to be getting into his book. And uh, I just wanted to make clear, one of the reasons that, that we would do that is because there is a lot of common ground with someone like Doug Wilson uh, or James White. And these guys are, you know, Doug Wilson has been for decades putting out a lot of good content, and we it, it gives us an opportunity to interact with it. I think that's one of the benefits of Christian thinkers like Doug Wilson or James White. They produce this content, and, and we are able to dissect it, interact with it, agree with it, disagree with it. All right, that's the whole point of, um, of having this content out here. So we might end up disagreeing with a lot of what Doug Wilson says, but the, the discussion is that much more interesting in the interaction because there's so much common ground uh, with some of Doug Wilson's positions and ours, as opposed to just looking at a liberal writing about drug laws. So that that's one of the things here that I wanted to mention and why we do this. Uh, so before we even get into this, I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity. What's your what's your favorite Doug Wilson resource, Luke? Uh, Moscow, Idaho is my favorite uh, Doug Wilson uh, resource. <laughs> it's going to be my favorite resource when stuff hits a you know when it hits a fan and you know I got I got to go someplace. I I really do think that. I mean, if 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 I had to bet. I'm not going to like say this is definitely going to happen, but if I had to bet, that's where, uh, so far, in my opinion, so far, um, that's where the Reformation is going to come from because they're going to affect their culture so much. The state is going to try and make them do something. They're going to say no, and then we're going to have a national problem. Um, you know, because I think Reformation is going to be a defensive maneuver when the state 
you know, tries to, you know, become so gargantuan that, you know, starts affecting positive change. It's try it tries to limit positive change. And I think if, if I had to gamble and say, it's, where's it going to happen? Look, I think I would say Moscow, Idaho. Um, but I, I, I wonder about, you know, when I read Doug Wilson, I, I just wonder is, is, has Doug ever in the last probably 20 years of his life ever said, Hmm, I never thought about that. You know, he's just reading his stuff. He just covers it from so many angles, and he goes so deep into his stuff. I just wonder when the last time was he said, "I ask a question." I never thought about that. I, I, I bet you he thought about like so much more. I mean, like you know, when you read his stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, I have a question about this." I'm, I'm almost sure that he's thought about it, and he has an answer for me. You know, I, it's, I wonder if you can catch him off guard on anything. I just wonder, just reading his stuff. He's so thoughtful. Yeah. Dave? Um, yeah, probably Reforming Marriage was probably the most influential book that I read from him. Oh, it was about five years ago. Okay. Uh, going through a little rough patch and read that. I'd have to go back and read it. I don't know. You know, I had some key takeaways from it back then, but uh, sure. I, haven't, I, haven't read, I, don't, I haven't read a lot of his stuff, really, okay. to be honest. I've been more listened to his podcasts, okay. um, watch his videos. Yeah. Um, Check him out on my blog, blog and my blog, yeah. dougwills.com. Uh, so that's been more more of the things that I've been doing with him. Okay. Yeah, I want to recommend a couple things. Uh, probably, I really like this book, Empires of Dirt, which I think is, I haven't read his new one, Mere Christendom. I think that probably is, is a, they're very similar, although there is one chapter or section in there that I really take issue with, and that is his, his section on taxation. I do address that in my book, Seven State of Sins. I address Doug Wilson's arguments on taxation from Empires of Dirt, but I love that book overall. Great book. And again, the fact that I disagree with, with Doug Wilson on that, it, it's a great opportunity to, to look what he's writing and analyze it. So I would recommend Empires of Dirt. Uh, as far as a DVD, the DVD collision where Doug Wilson uh, interacts with, uh, who is it, Christopher Hitchens? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He goes. Yeah, he yes. does multiple debates with Christopher Hitchens. Uh, and this cannabis book was dedicated to his brother, Peter. P- Hitchens. Peter Hitchens. Yeah. yeah. Who did he become a Christian? Yes, he's a Christian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think they even had a debate, Christopher Hitchens versus Peter Hitchens. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. I think I think they did. Okay. So yeah, the DVD collision. And then if I could, if I would recommend a speech or a sermon, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if this was a sermon, but it's called "The Peril of Infant Baptism" by Doug Wilson. And I disagree with Doug Wilson on a lot of things. A lot of, I guess, ecclesiology. I'm not a Pado Baptist. He is, of course. But this this message, "The Peril of Infant Baptism," I thought was was really great because a lot of times, coming from the Pado Baptist Baptist perspective. These pastors or authors won't deal with uh, the dangers, the pitfalls. You know what happens when you when you adopt this position, of course, which they believe is biblical. But when you adopt it and you you send this message to your children that you're part of the church, so that message was was really good. It's probably one of my favorite ones, and I think the, that theological position needs more messages like that. So anyway, there's a lot of great stuff from Doug Wilson. Obviously, doesn't mean we agree with everything he says, and I appreciate the content he puts out that gives us. Uh, in this case, content to interact with. And, uh, you know, I'm going to disagree with a lot of stuff here in Devoured by Cannabis, but I appreciate that Doug Wilson took the time to write the book, so we're going to interact with it. So um, let, let's let's get into this. Uh, set the stage a little bit. I mean, mar- marijuana, obviously, in the past, I don't know, five, ten years, there's there's been a shift, at, I guess, whether it's in public opinion or policy, in, in legalizing marijuana. Uh, President Biden he said this last year that that he wanted to. Uh, he said as, as often as I often said during my campaign for president, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. 
Sending people to prison for possessing marijuana has upended too many lives and incarcerated people for conduct that many states no longer prohibit. So that's what Biden said, or at least someone, uh, you know, from his office. I don't know if it was him. And there was four things that his uh, department said they wanted to do. Uh, pardon of all prior federal offenses of simple possession of marijuana. Urge state governors to do the same. Uh, and also change, apparently, marijuana is a Schedule One substance under the Controlled Substances Act. Mm -hmm. uh, that it has, meaning it has a really high potential for abuse. And I think it's even higher than some drugs that we would typically say would be more dangerous, quote unquote, than marijuana. So he wanted to change that. And then he wanted to uh, say he did want to keep in place limitations on trafficking, marketing, and underage sales. Okay, so I think, um, I think all of us here and Doug Wilson in his book would agree that we don't want people in prison for possessing marijuana. Now, we might have different reasons why we don't want them in prison, because we might say there shouldn't be a prison system. Mm -hmm. But Doug Wilson's book, uh, we're going to talk about his book, and we're going to deal with the issue of I brought up that quote at the beginning, justice demands, he said, justice demands, justice requires that drug enforcement laws have teeth without being draconian. So I want to start there and then we can go back and look at some of this, this context in the chapter, but the issue of justice, does justice require that we have any laws for drug use or possession? I think in, in Doug Wilson's book, the main thing is uh, drug possession. So Luke, did you get a chance to listen to... I did this book okay yes I what did. are your initial thoughts on on the idea of justice i thought that was a very interesting final takeaway that justice requires drug enforcement laws have teeth i wish um i wish you know he he often t talked about you know he I don't, I don't even know if he uses the word theonomy once in the entire book um when was this book written this book was written in 2021 he didn't use the word theonomy at all, and he and he and he, he he often argues and he uses the word libertarian, um, a libertarian perspective, and uh, I'm I'm curious as to why he he, he does that. I I you know uh, I think he argues very well. You know, um, we we can't have uh, a biblical society. I mean, well, we we don't have a biblical society. But how do we get out ahead of this even though we don't have a biblical society? We can't just say, well, we don't have a biblical society, so let's just let the pagans do whatever they want. Um, and he argues very well um, from, from a perspective of what can we do now, you know, knowing that we don't have a biblical society? How can we, how can we combat this? He argues very well from that perspective. But unfortunately, he doesn't perspective he doesn't argue from it from a purely biblical perspective he argues uh against cannabis or marijuana if you will uh from from the perspective of what we have now but he never goes into at well and this is how the bible purely addresses it if we had a biblical society this is how it would be enforced this is what we would do and all that kind of stuff he he doesn't do that um and i was disappointed by that i was disappointed that he was using the term libertarian i'm not i mean i i hope christians aren't fighting for you know, libertarianism. I mean, I hope we're fighting for the Bible and what the Bible says. And um, I, I, I respect anyone who's like, I respect anyone who says, okay, we don't have a biblical society, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't do anything. I can still use the Constitution. I can still use my city council. I can still use, you know, the power and the and the influence that I have right now to to affect positive uh, change. So I have respect for anybody who does that. Um, but the goal is not. Christian libertarianism. We're not fighting for libertarianism. We're fighting for thus saith the Lord. That's that's what we're fighting for. 
Um, and I, I don't think the book fights for that um, in, in that perspective, because at the end, if we're talking about the the by uh, uh, you know enforcing drug laws or having drug laws that have teeth, we're we're way outside of the scriptural uh, purview uh, for addressing these things. Um, and so I wish I wish he had gone further into okay, you know that's all well and good for what we can do now, but let's talk about what the Bible actually has to say. If we had a biblical society, this is how it would play out. And he doesn't do that, and I was I was disappointed by that. So I want to go to the final chapter and lay out for our listeners what Doug Wilson's final proposal is, and then we can work backwards just mm-hmm. so people know what you're talking about. So in his final chapter, it's it's entitled Drug Courts, and I'll, if I could summarize it, it would be if you are caught with the p- possessing marijuana, yeah. then I don't know who's... That, that includes growing... Well, obviously, you don't grow it then if you you have no reason to grow it, right? I, I don't know. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you can use marijuana for rope you can use it you know hemp uh right i guess he's saying in some form you're caught with marijuana that that you could smoke i don't know he talks a lot about smoking marijuana so uh, he's saying if you he doesn't see in the final chapter doesn't say drug use which is interesting he says drug possession so if you are caught with with marijuana you go to drug court this is doug wilson's proposal and uh you have to if, if i guess if you're found guilty of possessing marijuana you have to either go to rehab or pay a fine. Okay, so so that's and, and the fine not, not good. <laughs> that's and that's not that's good. his definition of justice in that chapter, right? Mm. We're interacting with, with with what he wrote there. So, uh, for example, let, let me read a quote here from page eighty-eight and eighty-nine. When someone is caught with illegal drugs, he would go to drug court. Such drug courts would have a small array of penalties available to him, and if found guilty again, guilty of possession, I guess, the defendant would be given the option of choosing what happens to him. These alternative penalties would be either a fine, rated according to how many drug convictions the defendant has had, or successful completion of a drug treatment program. Okay? Um, And then he says, if he ran afoul of paying the fine, he could well find himself with a serious charge against him. And this is interesting, but it would not be a drug charge, and he would not be hammered by the state for having had an addiction. So you're not... It's not a drug charge, but you are arrested for possessing marijuana. You don't pay the fine or you can't pay the fine. Well, now the law could really come down on you, but it's not for drugs. It's because you failed to pay this statist fine. And and we're so far into statism here with this statement because he said, when someone caught with illegal drugs, who's defining what's legal and illegal? I don't get it. He's, he's, He's arguing against... In, in his book, I mean, this is my question for him. Listen, this, listen there's no gotcha with Doug Wilson. There's, there's absolutely no gotcha. He's thought about it. He's got an answer. I, I, I grant that. But this is my, this is my question to Doug Wilson. Uh, uh, you know, he says, when someone is caught with illegal drugs, well, what if the state said drugs are legal? Now what? You know, if... if, if well, he's, he's, he's still appealing to scripture for that, isn't he? To determine what's legal and illegal. I guess in a, in a in a roundabout way we can get to that, those arguments. I don't know if I don't know if he is. I mean, but I, the scripture doesn't say what, the scripture doesn't say what drugs are illegal and illegal. You know, it, it, it's got to come down to someone in the government saying this is illegal and this is legal. You know, um, and 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 he does it with um, he does it with marijuana. But what about you know morphine? Yeah, you know Ox-Cotton, what I'm saying. Oxycontin, Vicodin, all those. Things. Yeah, I, I that that that's that's my question. You know, but that look how far we are in the statism when we're when the state is defining what's legal and what's illegal. 
that's that's statism. That's God has not given that responsibility to the government to say here's what's legal and here's what's illegal. You know, so we're already we're already arguing for this from a status main for uh, uh, mindset that that the, the, there would be you know in in Doug Wilson's you know um, application here in the last chapter there would be entities walking around saying yes and no to certain substances and that is that is way wrong that is completely wrong and and he even quotes scripture in the Bible um, when when um, in Proverbs. Um, King Lemuel's mother, I think, says to him, um, it is not for princes and kings to be um, affected by strong drink. And I thought, wow, that's what a great passage to quote in this. What a great, as so relevant. Because, do you remember why the mother says to him, uh, it's not, uh, you shouldn't be affected? Pervert justice. To, to pervert judgment. Judgment. To pervert judgment. Because what is this magistrate supposed to be doing? Not walking around saying legal, illegal. They're not supposed to be doing that. They're supposed to be judging. That's what they're supposed to be doing. And that's why you, you as, as a magistrate, because the princes and the kings were magistrates, if, if, if you are a king or, or, or a magistrate, you should be avoiding strong drink because the, the, the pitfall is it will pervert your judgment, not your legislation, your judgment. You're not supposed to be legislating. You should be judging, and that's why you should avoid strong drink. Well, okay. So, so to Doug Wilson's defense on that, what if what if this was a judge who said who, who it was an individual case? I mean, is he really is he really suggesting that this is a blanket across the nation that he would live in, or is this is he, is he suggesting that a, ju a judge may do this? Like he's saying drug courts. I mean, I, I don't know. He wouldn't have to. I don't know why he would have put drug in front of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it seems like. So why not just a court? Why a special court? It almost like it seems as if he almost wants to separate a little bit from. Why? From, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. But. It's a good question. It just the same way he says this is not a drug charge. I think that's equivocation. What's well, a drug court? I know. <laughs> right, right. That, that, that does not make sense to me. That chapter 10 does not make sense to me. I think it, it, it contradicts itself. And he's trying to, I guess he's really trying to say, you know what, we, we shouldn't. Because you know what he says? Uh, he says here on page 45, so I'm not arguing, this is on page three of the notes, Dave. So I'm not arguing at the, to at the top there. So I'm not arguing here one way or the other with regard to the criminalization of marijuana use. We can at least say the magistrate should punish the criminal behavior that frequently accompanies such drug use. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. 100%. Yes. Yep. And the debate over whether the use of marijuana in itself should be against civil law can be left for another time. I mean, yeah. he, he addresses it <laughs> but like he a, few, a few chapters. <laughs> well, well, he does a possession a few chapters later. Yeah. So right. when he says for another time, I, I was thinking, was he not going to read another book? Another book. Yeah, but another no, book. He, he addresses in chapter 10 possession, not use, which again is interesting. You can't even possess. I think I would have the same arguments even if he said use. So that to me is my... Yeah, I, I for I would say this book again not one I'd recommend from Doug Wilson, but because I don't think it's it's very clear in in the argumentation. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. He makes a case that that he says being drunk and being stoned are inconsistent with Christian holiness. Nevertheless, alcohol consumption is not inconsistent with holiness. I think we all agree with that. Yeah, that we shouldn't was, be drunk. Yeah, yeah great. Points. We shouldn't get stoned. Yeah. Uh, I guess. So let's just talk about that for a little bit. It seems that what Doug Wilson's position is, and I don't know if this really in the end 
has application to the final point of justice, but there is no redeeming use for marijuana. I mean, he would say it's fine to, to make rope, hemp, and all that stuff, but the THC, the CBD and the THC, uh, which are the most common cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant mm-hmm. or products, yep. it seems he's saying there, there's no redeeming use for these. Uh, I mean, maybe I would agree with him smoking, but there, but there's other ways to use those materials. And so especially when he makes, or those substances, so when he makes possession the crime, it's just, I mean, mm-hmm. n- now you, you, mm-hmm. can't, you can't take dominion of those products. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he kind of dismisses the medical side of it well that that that's that's where i mean how about luke's chocolate chip cookies can we put them in there <laughs> one crisis at a time dave <laughs> one crisis at uh, a time but no i mean that's what that's what he's doing he's basically dismissing the entire thing and and how do we know again going back to morphine going back to oxycontin yeah. i mean are we going to say just with a broad blanket all of these things got to go mm-hmm. or can we say can we say well maybe there's maybe maybe if we had the freedom if we have you know, godly scientists and medical doctors, maybe there's a there's a use for THC that we have not discovered yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I believe there are, there now, are uses for all these things. Now, I mean, there's there. You know, the argument can also be is is you know the level of THC in something. So, I mean, we could say we could, we can we can run this right down through the list with with sugar with and, and we don't need to go there, but we can run it down the list with sugar, cigars, cigarettes, um, you know, Twinkies. Yeah. How far is Doug Wilson willing to go? Mm-hmm. Good question. Right. And because it, because you can get a sugar high. Yeah. Yeah. His point is once once you his point is once you take uh, if you smoke any marijuana, you've altered the chemistry of your brain and you are now intoxicated. That's his argument. With, with these, which is still a separate argument over the issue of justice, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a separate. It's argument. a separate argument. But if that's his, if that's his rationale for saying, okay, because any use of this substance leads to sin, in his view, intoxication, therefore the state now has the authority to criminalize it, mm-hmm. and that goes to your point then, because then you got to say, okay, well, I can look at if I can find any substance that if you consume this substance. You have altered your brain chemistry and you have sin, and we might agree, hey, you know what? If you're intoxicated, we agree that's a sin. But according to that logic, then any substance that you can consume and it automatically or immediately or almost immediately leads to intoxication should be dealt with the same way. And should justice be. should require that you have to pay a fine or do rehab. And I think I mean, that, I don't want donut courts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, man. Right. Well, there's, there's, I'm sure if we go to Lowe's or Home Depot, there's a ton of substances there that if we consumed, we might be intoxicated or obviously damaging our body. And so if, if the argument is just, well, if anything leads to intoxication and there's no redeeming, because his point is alcohol is redeeming uses, the Bible, and he says a lot of great things. And I would there. agree with that. Yeah. And so, but if, if the argument is, hey, here's how you determine what's, what should be a, a law and what justice requires is simply if this substance causes harm, well, you can no longer possess it. But to your point on these substances, a lot of things we don't even know, there, there, there are uses, other uses for THC and CBD, and I think he kind of dismisses them. Well, I mean, morphine is is probably heroin or morphine is probably the number one you know question that I'm going to have. Should, and we can have this this discussion in other podcasts, but should there's a lot of times end of life situations where people are you know severe pain, and I've often gra- tried to yeah. wrestle with this in my mind: mm-hmm. is it okay? 
to numb someone down mm-hmm. in that situation. You know, I have an uncle who's who's on morphine. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. And and I, I understand what drug what Doug Wilson's trying to do here. He's, he's 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 I think he's wrestling with it. I don't think he's figured it out. He's trying to you, you said, is there anything Doug Wilson hasn't thought of? Mm-hmm. I honestly think he's wrestling with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of his newer books, and it's it's certainly in response to the, the push for the legalization or decriminalization. And uh, so he's trying to deal with what's going on in the culture. And he, and he does so. So I want to address anything else you want to say on that? No, no. I mean, other than I do applaud him for, maybe it's not his best book, but I do applaud him for at least writing it so that, so that the the conversations can get out there. Yeah, and that's to my point earlier. I mean, I appreciate him writing this book because, one, it gives us the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. It pushes the conversation forward. There's a lot of great things he says, and I want to talk about some of those right now that I wish he would have just stayed on that track. W- one quick thing. I mean, prior to this book, probably the, there was a libertarian wrote one. I'm trying to think. It's Miller, um, but it was called Bad Trip. Okay. And he completely goes at it from the statist mindset. You know, okay. he, he's, he, he's, he's talking about um, no raid, uh, no knock raids, you know things like that. Yeah, and and I have stories. If we want to go down the path, you know, the the industry I'm in, I've been to places that have you know 20 acres of weed. Mm-hmm. So I've seen these places, and 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 you know, Doug Wilson might have a problem with that, right? Now, he does say he does seem to be against the war on drugs, quote unquote. Uh, in his well, book. he 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 has to be, yeah. Like that, 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 there's just no way the war on drugs is is legit, yeah, right? Not, no, not chance. The problem is, I think his end conclusion doesn't do enough to, to to end to end that, or at least uh, you know logically, he still wants these laws. He just wants to call them, say that they're not drug laws. Uh, so that book is bad. Done tri- in drug courts. Drug, yeah, drug courts with no <laughs> drug laws. Uh, that book is bad trip. How the war against drugs is destroying America uh, by. Joel J. Miller. Yeah, Miller. So that guy, he's not a Christian, but he's just looking at the... He's looking at it from war. a status mindset, yeah. 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 Ron Paul has written a lot about the, the war on drugs as well. Okay, so my favorite chapter in this book is is chapter five, where he says his takeaway there, each chapter has a takeaway. He says, freedom to smoke pot must come with the freedom to fire Amen. a pothead. Yes, that was a great observation. And uh, he says... Couldn't and argue with them. Those who take the Bible seriously should be able to see right away that not all... Okay, th- this is also, Luke, th- this point here. He says at the beginning of this chapter that those who take the Bible seriously should be able to see right away that not all sins should be crimes. God says not to covet anything that belongs to our neighbor, but the magistrate is not competent to deal with covetousness. So that, to me, I was like, amen, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So we could agree that intoxication is a sin. Yes. We could agree that abusing your body is a sin. Now we can get into the details on that, and that's where I don't think we want. Certainly, we don't want the state, you know, saying, "Well, how many Twinkies are you allowed to eat?" I mean, even probably we don't want church discipline o- over the the finer details of that. But we can still agree that we are responsible to God for how we take care of our bodies. Well, I mean, I mean, nicotine's gonna, you know, the one thing about the Presbyterians and Reformed Baptists is cigars. Mm. Nicotine's gonna affect your brain chemistry so is is that i mean to doug are we are we are we gonna get a book on that because that's one i would love to read he does talk about you know the difference between marijuana and nicotine a little bit in the book um and his his contention is nicotine doesn't alter your brain chemistry 
That's his contention. It doesn't. He's like, yeah, you can get, you can, you can become addicted to it, and that's wrong. That's be, that's when it becomes wrong. But how's that? How's that not altering your? Well, I guess that is altering your brain chemistry if you become addicted to it. I mean, just like you know, drinking. You know, you can get you can get drunk. But I guess his point is, there is no gradation there with marijuana. Yeah, yeah. Right away. Right, right away. It's intoxication. Okay. It's intoxication. Yeah. Which, for the sake of the justice argument, I'll grant him his point because i don't think in the end it still doesn't deal with what he's saying here that that the we should see right away that not all sins should be crimes Mm -hmm. so why should possessing a substance be Be a a crime crime. which that's not even a sin right i mean that's why it's weird like why he's making this case that intoxication is a sin which we agree with and then he's saying if you smoke you know marijuana to any degree you're intoxicated you might okay let's 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 agree with that but then he says, but the, the crime is possessing marijuana. Mm-hmm. It's very strange to me mm-hmm. uh, what he does there. And this is where then he goes into to the libertarian position. Uh, he says, if a li- this is page 48, he says, if a libertarian says that he believes smoking dope should be legal, and he says this on the basis of his conviction about personal liberty, then this reality provides us with a good way of testing whether he is a libertarian with sincere convictions across the board, or is he simply someone who wants to smoke pot no matter what? In other words, the liberty to smoke pot and the liberty to fire a pothead should be the same liberty. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 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 was a great chapter. But to your point, Luke, it was sort of like, well, where where's the biblical framework here? Where's the theonomic mm-hmm. theocratic saying in a biblical society you would be free? He, he I mean, he he basically yeah. gets there. He says in a in a truly he says this in a, a society that has truly embraced liberty. To your point, it would have been great to say God's law, right. God's God's civil structure. If we yes. were really following biblical law, we would not be providing any kind of welfare payments to anyone, much less to drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Imagine, if you will, a world where no one with THC in his blood system was eligible for food stamps and where no employer could suffer legal repercussions if he dismissed someone for pot use. The market would discipline a great deal of self-destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. That was Doug Wilson. So, amen to that. Imagine a system where we didn't have food stamps. He does say that later, actually. Yeah. No, I he think does. that's. I think that's his point. I think. I think he. He agrees that that's where he's coming from. Yeah. He he does not want those things, but but he's kind of saying, look, that's that's the libertarian ideal. I would have hoped he would have said that's the biblical ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Because yes. yes. Then he, so, I mean, let's just touch to that real quick, agreeing with him there and also taking it further and saying that's how it should be biblically. I mean, you should be able to fire anyone for any reason. Yes. We've talked about this. I mean, these discrimination cases, I was listening yeah. to, this is one of the latest Supreme Court cases where it, it's about someone with a disability going online and trying to find uh, hotels. And if they don't have the correct information, they can sue and say, you didn't, you know, cater to my disability and this is discrimination and there's all these discrimination things and you can't fire all the like but you should be able to fire someone for any reason whatsoever Mm -hmm. just like they should be able to quit for any reason whatsoever Mm -hmm. and and justice would require that so if someone's smoking marijuana of course you could fire them someone smells like marijuana if someone if you don't like the way they looked at you you could fire them now that wouldn't be maybe righteous but it shouldn't be a crime that the state enforces Mm -hmm. anything to add to that and, and this chapter here, because chapter five, it's like, well, yeah, why didn't he? Why didn't he just push that? Push that and say, if we want to have a free society, if we want to have justice, this is what we need to do. We need to get rid of these discrimination laws. We need to let employers make the decisions that they want to make for their business. Right. And my impression was, 
he didn't want to, it, he didn't seem to want to really dig in there. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of says, well, this is what the libertarian would say, but that's not going to happen. I'm not sure. So this is what I propose. But strictly from the pragmatic side, I mean, is it even like get, getting his proposal? Is that more likely than ha- going and getting the freedom for employers to do what they want? Which is secondary. Most important is what's justice. But right. it seems like he kind of just goes. He says he says this lifting. Uh, this is from chapter six. Lifting marijuana restrictions in our statist economy is just a way to make the non-smokers pay for it. And that was a good what, chapter too. What does he mean by that? So I, I agree with him there because he he says if we have all these uh, these regulations on you as a business owner mm-hmm. where you're not allowed to fire someone oh, okay, because okay, they, okay. they smoke marijuana and, and you you pull back this side of it and say, well, we're going to let, and you know, maybe the assumption is, well, everybody's going to be smoking marijuana now, but we're going to, we're going to decriminalize that and people can do whatever they want with marijuana. And but then you, you still have the regulations yeah, on you. You yeah, have okay. no, ab- okay. so okay. another, right. another right. great right. point by Doug Wilson. Yeah. But in the end, I, I wish his final chapter would not have been, Hey, here, here's my compromise in a status system. I wish it would have been, here's what we should be fighting for. I had this conversation um, a couple months ago when I was have, having an ar- argument with my coworkers about 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 the uh, union and going on strike and all that kind of stuff, and um, I had communicated to them that I was indeed not going to go on strike, and um, they, um, you know, a lot of them didn't like it, and actually there was there was some some thinly veiled threats of violence sent my way, um, but I, I had the discussion with one of my coworkers because he called me up and he's asking why why you know and and you know in our, in our in our society that's obsessed right now with power imbalance it's all about power imbalance you know power imbalance you know the weak uh, the victim and the oppressor um you, you know, most people don't think about this but it's 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 true i think my dad pointed this out to me a while back that i can leave my employer for any reason whatever don't need a reason Two week notice. Don't need to fill out paperwork. You don't nothing. have to do it. Not even a two week notice. Don't even two week notice. I can yeah. leave a, a two second notice, and that would be just. May not be polite. Not but polite, but, but yeah, yeah. right. It's, but it's just. Right. It wouldn't be unjust. Last right. week I had a guy send me an email at twelve fourteen a.m. He's not showing up tomorrow morning. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, and there might be repercussions for that on your career, but it's not unjust. There should be no penalty for it. You're right. free to do it. Right. And right. if you if you if you I think the only repercussions is if you like signed a contract saying you would not do this. You know? Well, I was just saying repercussions on your your reputation. Right. But right, I'm not and I'm I'm not arguing that there should never be repercussions for this. Like if well, not you, if from you, the state if unless right, from you're breaking the state, a contract. Unless right. you're breaking a contract, right. right. So, um, you know, and and I was trying to communicate to my coworker, listen, you know, there's a power imbalance. My employer cannot fire me for any reason. They can't. Correct. Yep, but I can walk out of there for any reason. Absolutely, how's that fair? You know, you know that that's that is completely wrong. And Doug Wilson is is a hundred percent right here. It's a great observation that if we wiggle, if is it too much to ask that if we remove the regulations on marijuana, can we please remove the regulations on business? Because that is a power imbalance, and now we're giving you know weed smoking, you know, um, you know, uh, chemically altered brain uh you know people walking around making dangerous decisions he's right about that it's, it's dangerous you know to be under the influence all the time um 
and uh, to you know to be operating heavy equipment and all that kind of stuff. There's a reason that you get fired and then you have a you know have a, have a pee test right away. You know, uh, th- th- there's a reason for that. It's not just state regulation. Sometimes it's company policy because yep. you know it's so dangerous to be under the influence and in, in, in operating heavy equipment. I, I I get that, but you know there is a power imbalance in our society if we're obsessed with power imbalance that the employer needs a specific reason to fire somebody needs a good reason but you don't need a good reason to walk out of there you can just walk out of there for no reason that is completely unjust yeah no i mean uh, and you as an employer you have to deal with that at the end of the day it's you know if somebody shows up drunk it's it's pretty obvious you mm-hmm. know and, and and you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna let them go, but someone can smoke pot, marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it, and and it can be difficult to tell, mm. or pop pills, mm. and that's where I think Doug Wilson needs to be thinking about these things because, are you know, how far are we gonna go with this on the pill pop? Again, I go back to that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's got to be, there's got. I go back to the idea of. If you have someone who's taken painkillers in the form of a pill who is numbing their mind so that they don't have to deal with reality, all right? Okay. Reality is I have a toe that hurts, mm-hmm. so I'm popping painkillers. Okay. And I, I got stories of people who hurt themselves, got on them, and later became pill pushers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys might know someone, but that's, I, that's where I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where does it stop? Going back to what you said about businesses, I've been I've been places where um, we got called out on job sites, and by ten o'clock the potheads are smoking, mm. and you're like, this is this is not a safe environment, mm. you know. But what are you going to do in, in today's world? I mean, we, you don't have those. Well, I mean, you, you, you ask, don't have the freedom, like you're saying. Yeah, that's the question. Where does it where does it stop? Um, you know, I mean, the the, the 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 problem is the state is defining what's a brain what's brain altering. That's the problem. Correct. I agree with that. The, the, the state's defining it. You know, I I believe that there you know there are arguments for brain altering you know chemicals, but if if we let the state define it, um, just just you know the the, the problem there is, um. You know, he says it doesn't have to be draconian, but as soon as you let the state define these things as draconian, you just 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 walking into draconian land immediately. Well, I don't know how this is not draconian. If he ran afoul of the courts for not paying the fine, he could well find himself with a serious charge against him. But it, would, it wouldn't seems, be a drug charge. Yeah, but that seems to me that's draconian right away. I mean, and and you can see how easily that can be abused. Right. You 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 have to pay a fine because you possessed mm-hmm. you possess a substance. Where, where's that money go to? Does he say? It's supposed to go to the rehab centers. Just another bad... Uh, it's supposed to be uh, private, you what, you private want, rehab you, you, want, you want to take me down the road of AA and rehab and mm-hmm. celebrate recovery? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Let's, let's, let's take that road. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was involved in a few of those places, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Luke, speaking of what you're just saying about, okay, the, the state or the civil government is going to define the the mind-altering substance drugs yes i mean in, unfortunately travis couldn't be here today wasn't feeling well but this would be an example i think where we might say okay we need we need a new law the new law would be you're not allowed to possess marijuana right mm-hmm. i mean in the end 
this is a law. If it's not a law, I mean, he says drug enforcement laws. So this would be a case where the legislator would do it. Yes. You'd have to Mm -hmm. have a law saying you are not allowed to possess marijuana. And I think to our point, this is a man-made law that we don't need for justice. Right. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is there another way of looking at this? Mm. I mean, but uh, what, what would it look like in a, in a, in, in a theocratic government? Where yeah. You have judges. Let, let's get there in a minute. Anything he, else? He okay. talks about that. I mean, he does. He does talk about this. Sorry, what were you no, saying, go Chris? ahead. Um, he, this is the problem of, of letting the state define things. Okay. So you, especially with what's going on with the anti-Semitism, right? The, there are a lot of people out there, and, and, the, and the, this was the, the uh, it seems to me the Jewish community and the trans community are doing the same thing. You say one word against me or against my community, and you're committing genocide. I've defined genocide as disagreeing with me. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The trans community is doing that. Oh, you know, because, you know, you know, Matt Walsh is coming to our campus. He promotes genocide because he disagrees with me, right? And the Jewish community, oh, you don't side with Israel? You're promoting genocide. And if you don't think that's happening, that's definitely happening right now. Okay, that is happening right now. And, and you know, that's something that I've seen a lot of people complaining about that they can't complain about. You know, the, the, I'm not allowed to complain about this this people group over here. It's off limits because they've defined the terms that as soon as I say I disagree with their take on things, I'm committing genocide and I'm contributing to the death of that community. Do you think that the state's not going to do that? Do you think that once they get the power, they're not going to start redefining everything as, okay, oh, and I know it started off with, you know, Doug Wilson saying, okay, um, you know, brain-altering chemicals. That's where we're going to start. That's not where it ends. That's not where it ends. It ends with outlawing painkillers because you're, you're altering your brain, right, to, to not deal with the pain. It, it ends with them defining and, and, and making new definitions and people who don't have the best interests of God's people and dominion in mind start changing the definitions. And when you give people that power, it never ends well. You know, it's just it, you're giving them the raw materials for tyranny again. When you when you start saying, okay, well, you know, uh, let's let's start defining um, an illegal substance. The Bible never says here is an illegal substance. Never. There's never a law that says thou shalt not have this thing. Even the word witch. You know, it's not illegal to possess a witchcraft book. All right, it's not illegal. The 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 word the term there is poisoner. That's that's defined um, by an action. It's not a status. You can't possess something, and and, and even if you find someone walking around, let's say with a, a you know theonomic uh, or theocratic society, if so, you find someone walking around with a Quran, the crime is not walking around with a Quran. Which is worse, marijuana or the Quran? You know that's not the crime. You can't be like, oh, he's 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 worshiping Allah. He's ah, he's a Muslim. I grab him. You know, I mean, that's not the crime. The crime is idolatry, and you cannot prove that because he possesses a Quran that he's committing idolatry. Thought crime. That's it's a thought crime, and 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 so I, mean, I submit to you that a Quran is way worse than marijuana. But even the Bible doesn't punish you for possessing a pagan you know, uh, document. You've got to be caught in the act of idolatry and that's got to be provable in court. And, and, and that's, that's my frustration when we, when we start saying, okay, illegal substance. Well, the Bible never says that. And, 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 uh, Israel had, had all this peace and they had all this success in the book of judges. 
and 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 they did it without saying here's an illegal substance and and don't tell me they didn't have problems with it back then they had problems with it back then because they're already talking about pharmacia in the law in the law of god they're talking about illegal substance they're talking not illegal substances pardon me <laughs> they're talking about um they're talking about poisonous substances okay but it's never if you find somebody holding this thing you should kill them or you should arrest them or you should imprison them it's all about what are you doing with that thing your actions and what's provable in court now now well go ahead i, I still want to get to the to some of the applications at some point hopefully oh, we, yeah let's do we, that real, real soon here but i think that's in my estimation the weakness of doug wilson's book here he sees a problem which we say okay this is a problem people addicted to marijuana people using marijuana drug problem granted and then his conclusion though just takes us it doesn't pull us away from statism mm -hmm. absolutely it, it doesn't right. pull us no. away in the no. end well that that and a crime and the crime versus the non-crime thing like what yes. is a crime yes right. right that was a great point that, which we all agree but right. then but then if you read but the then book, we're, we're turning it into a crime yes, yes. It, yeah, at the right. end of the exactly. book you have to yes. say okay doug wilson says not all sins are crimes but he does think that possessing this, is, yes, possessing this, is, this substance is, is a crime or should be a crime. i mean Biblically, you have to come to that conclusion if you read between mm -hmm. the lines because he says those who take the Bible seriously should be able to see right away that not all sins should be crimes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Doug Wilson takes the Bible seriously. None of us are questioning that. So his conclusion is if I'm taking the Bible seriously, drug possession should be and a this, crime. And this, this is my problem with general equity theonomy because put, put, put uh, certain groups in charge and um, you know, you know, obviously genocide is a crime in the bible but if we do general equity theonomy then speaking against the trans movement if they get in charge they define genocide and now speaking against the trans movement is genocide and now you can't speak against the trans movement hey it's general equity theonomy right right you take the idea no genocide god's law is it mean gen i mean uh, general equity theonomy is 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 basically this god's law becomes an idea and my ideas become law that's what happens yeah speed limit law it, speed limit law right I mean, because, because because there are theonomists that say we need we still need speed limit laws we still need these right these things because yeah. the idea is there right one and, of our good friends uh from virginia holds to that yes right and i've had arguments with you know or discussions with them over that right and and i believe i i don't mind speed limit laws my question is who's enforcing them is it the state or is it is it the owner of the road? Well, if it was privatized, if it's privatized, I have no problem with that. It's your road and do whatever you want. You can say nobody on this road if you want, right? It's, it's your that's that's the freedom God has given you with what you have, but it's not the state's responsibility to make sure we're all traveling safely, all right? And and so that's my problem with general equity theonomy because if we put the wrong people in charge and give them general equity theonomy legislation then they can all you can tie all, every bad idea back to a bible verse you can see uh, look so genocide is wrong talking against, against trans people is genocide so therefore it's illegal to talk and, and that's a problem with 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 general theonomy that that's that's my frustration so with just to help our listeners what you're saying is if you take the position that hey we, we can look to god's law and make a bunch of new laws Yes. This is what you get. Yes. I mean, this is a case in point, a great example of the contrast between your book and maybe Doug Wilson's book, Empires of Dirt, which I have read, or Mere Christendom, which I haven't. Again, we agree with Doug Wilson on a lot of stuff, appreciate some of his stuff, a lot of his stuff. But this might be, this might be a key distinction 
that if you're arguing for, in your book, the sound doctrine of theocracy, we don't need new laws. Mm -mm. We need to apply God's law. Mm-hmm. If there's any sort of, okay, what's the equity, What's the that happens in adjudication. Yes. In, in this position, yes. it seems, and, and I don't think this is an unfair reading, that Doug Wilson's saying, well, we can look to the Bible and make new laws mm-hmm. based on things that are not crimes in the Bible. What I mean by that is there's no civil penalty. I mean, he, he of course understands this. He says covetousness is a sin in the Bible, but you never find a civil penalty. Oh, you have to make restitution if you coveted your neighbor's wife, or you could be executed. Obviously, Doug Wilson says that's not in the Bible, but what he does say, in this book at least, and uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but he says, okay, this is a sin to be intoxicated, it's a sin to be intoxicated, Mm -hmm. agreed, therefore, we can make a crime saying you can't have this, this, possess this substance, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is what you mean by, uh, he, he, he considers himself a general equity theonomist, and his conclusion is, well, we can make laws now that criminalize things that are not criminalized in the Bible, but are sinful. And then what's going to happen is, so you have a history of getting intoxicated, so we're going to make another law Mm -hmm. saying that due to your history, you've been caught three times now in public, Mm -hmm. you know, so due to your history, we're going to now send you to the the alcohol rehab, Mm -hmm. and we're going to fine you if you don't do it. So so, so this, this leads us right down the path of where we're at now. Yes, yes. Uh, the, 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 there's just no, there's no stopping, there's no stopping general equity theonomy when, when, when you give the power of legislation to people. There's just no stopping. But, but it, even a judge could do that. You could, you could start saying, well, okay, so you have a group of judges who, okay, Judge, Judge Mack did that, Judge Jim did this, and, and now you have, uh, you know, case law. Um, so if you have, you have bad judges. Okay, could, but the difference is, if, if it's a biblical, and we're going to get in just a few minutes more to what it should look like in a in a biblical society, but in that situation, the judges would be adjudicating a specific incident. This person did this crime. Yeah, they they, they were drunk and they did this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could we could right. look at all what all those crimes could be. They were disrupting this person's event, private event, whatever it is. This person, because of their intoxication. Okay did something and mm-hmm. we could you know even look at the deuteronomy passage where you have the glutton and the drunkard who's you know refuses to be corrected refuses to make restitution for the wrongs he has done mm-hmm. and certainly alcohol and drugs would probably be involved in a lot of those cases right. but you're not making a new law that says you can't have this substance yes so all right let's in, in just a minute but i want to read one more thing from his book and then we'll get to what you gentlemen think what what should it be based on based on the bible how should we deal with this but on page 50 he gives he he gives this example of and he he says this is a ludicrous example but he says he uses it to illustrate his point. Yeah, he says I don't have this in the notes but it's in it's in the book. If the state required every citizen to do 20 sit-ups and 20 jumping jacks every morning because society can take a collective interest in health in health, this would be tyrannical. But suppose at the other end of the spectrum the state outlawed a drug that caused a murderous psychotic episode in 25% of all who took it. This would mean that when a person is about to take it, the intervening cop doesn't know if the person is one of the 75% or one of the 25%. Is it tyranny if the cop doesn't wait to find out? Under these circumstances, it would be odd if someone were to argue for the sake of libertarian purity. Again, he keeps going back to libertarianism. Yeah, yeah, right. So, and I, I don't know his motives. Again, right. I'm not impugning his character or anything like that. So nobody get upset about it. But why not? It's almost like he's saying that. It seems to me saying that so that... Because if he said... 
if you say that biblical law, well, you can't do that because it, it, it would look bad if he's like, for those who want to follow the Bible purely, would say that he can't do that. That would be our argument, right? You 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 can't you it, can't preemptively punish someone. I I, I, I mean, that's I, what we do now. That's, but he says, what we under, do. under these circumstances, it would be odd if someone were to argue for the sake of libertarian purity that we have to wait until after the murderous episode before we take matters into our own hands. Is this really tyranny to try to prevent? And all yes. but inevitable tragedy. Yes, it that's is. Minor- minority report. I was talking with your brother about that. Yes, minority report. Right, the, the right. Movie, exactly. Yeah. You you have you haven't you haven't done it yet. We just think you are. And actually, at the end of that movie, it's it's proven that it was a bad system because, you know, the main character he gets in that situation where it finds out. You know, even though the 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 precogs predicted that he would and that he did deserve murder according to that system, it turns out he never committed murder. You know, and and so it was found out they they were wrong. You know, the the entire time. Um, but yes, it is it is tyranny to try to prevent something for for the state to try to prevent something before it happens because the nature of justice is is God establishing judges who wait in the city gates for pe- matters to be brought to them. As as Job points out in Job twenty nine, I I went and I made my seat, and here it is. Court is in session. Who's got a complaint? You know that. That is the nature of, of facilitating judge, uh, justice. Um, it, it's, it, it is tyranny when you say, okay, judges, go out and make sure everyone's following the law. That's tyranny. Okay, the Bible never uh, commands that for, to, to, to send the judges on patrol trying to prevent something before it happens. That's tyranny. That's institutionalized tyranny. So yes, the answer is yes. Is it tyranny if if we know what's going to happen? Is it is it wrong for the state to you know you know start making laws to try and prevent it? Yes, it is. I have no problem with a police officer or a, a magistrate um, in a certain situation preventing something before it happens. I have no problem with that. I do. I believe the Bible has a problem with you instituting that as part of your system. That's safe. It's okay for everybody to do this, and they should do this. And it's and and if we find you committing this act, that there's a chance you might not do anything wrong, and there's a chance you might do something wrong, and we're going to institute a law saying you're not allowed to do that thing because we think it's generally unsafe. Then that's that's wrong. That's 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 way wrong. But I have no I mean, that, problem with the, with the magistrate intervening if he sees something about to happen. But I have I, I believe the Bible has a problem with you instituting your idea of of how to prevent things before they happen that's what we have with gun laws right. yeah it's true i mean that that's where we're at you know it, yeah. the good guys can't carry anymore because right. the bad guys may yes they might end up shooting someone right right it's always for the quote-unquote prevention of the evil act yes but and you mentioned guns i mean that's what i was thinking well what would what would be a better way to prevent i mean yet yeah, whether a magistrate or just a person who, who sees someone about to commit an act, you can intervene, obviously. Yes, right. But, well, it's your but, duty. Yeah, it's your duty. And if you had the citizenry armed, so to speak, yes. uh, that would that would be much more, uh, that would prevent more of these things than just having a law in the books. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't, you can't have this substance. Mm-hmm. It would deter. It would deter, yes. That's the right word. It would deter. Uh, and which Wilson obviously generally agrees with. I think he talks about prevention versus deterrence, and he prefers deterrence. That yeah, deterrence, he that. so he yeah. agrees that. So, but he uses this extreme example, and he says marijuana is somewhere in between. It's not, you know, obviously the state would be, it would be tyrannical if they made us do twenty put sit-ups in the morning, but in his view, it wouldn't be tyrannical if they, you know, outlawed this one substance. And he says marijuana is in the middle. But to be fair, I mean, it would be a deterrence if people could get fired, if their employers could fire them. Yes, you know, with with. 
impunity. Impunity, yeah. you know, that would be a deterrence. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so to to Doug's defense, yeah, that that is. It's. I think. I think the main beef of what of 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 the issues that are is is it a crime or is it not a crime? Well, no, but he also he his point with that example is he prefers deterrence, but he's not writing off prevention. That's his example with this 25%, 75% minority report type thing. He says it's a ludicrous example, but his point is he, he makes that point to say there is a place for prevention. Then he says marijuana is somewhere in between. So I think we can legal, you know, make, make a law that says you cannot possess it because marijuana falls in the middle there. It falls in there where deterrence isn't enough. It seems to me whether he's going to say, hey, I'm just working with what I got in the state of society. But his conclusion is it's not enough. Deterrence is not enough. Maybe he doesn't think those laws will change, that we can get that negative legislation and say the employer can do what he wants. He says, in the end, you know, we need to have uh, these for justice. We need drug enforcement laws, and they need to be for possession. Mm. So with that being said, before we move into, okay, what, what should the solution be? Any other comments on what we've said so far? No. Okay, so how, how, do, how should we deal with this? What would be our critique of his conclusion and as far as what should be, be the alternative uh, Luke, let me start with you. Does justice require, going back to where we began, that drug enforcement laws exist? No, no. Uh, uh, I mean, every um, every good idea comes back to a Bible verse. Um, so, um, you know, there's certain claims in the scriptures um, that that must be taken into account. First um, uh, Peter, a uh, Second Peter, chapter one. You know, his divine power has granted to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And and saying we need to add to the law of God assumes that that verse is not true. He hasn't granted us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Um, for a, uh, I've said this before, but for a law to be enforced, the the law must be transcendent. It must be good. Um. And it must be knowable. Uh, Doug Wilson's drug laws are uh, fit two of those categories. Um, you know, they, they in his mind they're good, and it, in his mind they are doable or knowable, um, but they're not transcendent. Uh, if if we um, if so, the the transcendent argument is um, that if the if the um, law is not transcendent, then it uh, it will not be enforced. If the law is not good, it should not be enforced. And um, if the law is not knowable, it cannot be enforced. So you have will not, should not, and cannot. Um, the transcendent nature of, of laws, and when I say if it's not transcendent, it will not be enforced, means eventually it's going to change. And we should not be enforcing laws that we think are going to change soon. Right, you know, we 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 cannot cannot be punishing people for things that are just a temporary understanding of of um, of this this technology or this substance. Um, it, you know, God's law. I mean, what's right is always right, and what's wrong is always wrong. Okay, um, that doesn't change. Morality doesn't change over time. Okay, uh, now I, I grant that our our human flawed understanding of morality changes. Yes, I get that. Um, and and not all of our uh, understanding of biblical law is going to be perfect. But let's just make the error where biblical law is. Let's not go into human law and compound those errors drastically. Let's couch 
the entire discussion within biblical law because we mess that up enough um and let's not start putting our own ideas into it um and and just making the whole thing 10 and complicating the the matter 10 times worse so drug laws are not transcendent so so eventually they will not be enforced because you know all law is going to fade away except god's law so eventually it's not going to be enforced right um uh only biblical law is going to remain through all of time. So we should be only enforcing biblical law. Biblical law does not enforce drug laws, so we shouldn't be enforcing drug laws either. Um, and and that's, uh, uh, that's my main contention, is that this is not chapter and verse argumentation. When, I'm, when I, you know, for, for myself, in my understanding of the world, and I'm talking with people um, about um, biblical law, um, when, when I expect other people to follow something, like, for example, baptism, I don't expect everyone to follow my understanding of baptism because I can't show you chapter and verse where it says, thou shalt baptize this way. Thou shalt immerse, and thou shalt only only do believers. Okay, I, I believe that's implied, and I think there's a, the argument for believer's baptism is stronger than for infant baptism. But I'm not going to nickel and dime Presbyterians on their understanding. Look, I get it. I understand. I understand where you get your arguments from. You guys have an argument. It's there. I get it. So I don't expect you to follow my understanding of, of baptism. If you want to talk to me, I'll, I'll talk about it. But I do expect you to follow God's law, where it says, Thou shalt, thus saith the Lord. I do expect you to do that. John the Baptist was the same with Herod. It's not a, like a murky thing. He's not saying, Herod, you're not a Calvinist like I am. He's saying it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Chapter and verse, Exodus chapter 20, bam, there it is. You shall not commit adultery. So we, we can't expect people to follow our understanding of the scriptures. It must be chapter and verse when we're talking about matters of justice, because we cannot institute our temporary understanding of law. We cannot institute it. We must institute only God's understanding of law chapter and verse and there's no chapter and verse in this book where it says thou shalt do this or thou shalt not do that if thou if, th if thou findest a man holding a possession possessing something that your legislator um has deemed to be illegal thou shalt do this okay we're way out of biblical law when, when we start talking about stuff like that and that's that's my problem with the book dave what do you want to add to that or question comment as it relates to what should this look like I mean, that's that's my biggest thing is what should it look like? What does it look like? And, and this is more a question for you or Luke. What does it look like in today's society? How do we how do we put this framework out in today's society? So obviously, Doug is writing this in 2023, mm -hmm. 2021, but yeah, well, 2021. Yeah. But we're talking about in 2023. Right. We do not have a theocracy. We're nowhere close to it. Um, from what we can tell, you know, Lord willing, it's right around the corner, but we, we can't tell. How do we lay this out um, for people to understand it today? What is an application that we can take away today? Is there, is there legislators? Because here's the thing. Do we want to go to Harrisburg and say, Hey guys, you just need to wipe off all the books, uh, you know, all the all the laws on marijuana. We don't want to do that because that leaves the employer 
hanging high and dry. That's Wilson's point in chapter five or six. Yes, correct. And I agree with Wilson on that. Right. So, so what are the what are today's applications? I mean, outside of a theocracy or a biblical law or society or or a township that says we're going to hold to, um, or our friends in Alaska who say we're going to have our island. Um, a theocratic island. Mm-hmm. What do we do today? So uh, I think there's a few ways to answer that or different parts of that. And Luke, I'll definitely let you comment. I want to part to start the general framework is I think we need to know what we're aiming towards. And I think that is a bit murky in Doug Wilson's book. So I think the first thing is what does justice look like? So libertarian versus theonomy. Right, because he says this. He says, here's another example. In this nation with libertarian laws, there would be no restrictions on pot use, and so have at it. But there would also be no welfare payments, no food stamps, no subsidized mm-hmm. housing, no union laws, and so on. This means there would be no safety net to speak of, or at least no publicly funded safety net. This would be a problem because, as John Wayne once supposedly said, life is hard. It's harder if you're stupid. So when Doug Wilson <laughs> says that's a problem... I, I hope he's referring to the people that are quote-unquote stupid. I hope he's not saying that would be a problem for justice because, again, that's where it's like, okay, he's saying yeah, in this libertarian world, but we would say that would be, at least as far as those things go, that would be biblical. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't he say if we had a nation that followed biblical law, mm-hmm. there would be no restrictions on pot use mm-hmm. from the civil government sphere, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there would also be no welfare payments, food stamps. But he... It, he doesn't go there fully in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's almost there. And that's where I think the first part, and that's more uh, the ideas, but I think that's very important because in the end, the ideas and the truth of God's word is what directs our actions and what we do. And so if if this is the idea that Doug Wilson's putting forward, that, hey, in this libertarian world, well, if it's libertarian, we don't know if that's going to happen, and we don't even know if that's just. I mean, if that's all, is 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 the libertarian view on this point biblical or not? That's the question. And if it is, well, then we bring in other stuff. Well, this is God's word, and certainly Doug Wilson as a post-millennialist, we can have hope that we will get there. But that's what's not clear in his book. So to start, my first answer would be we need to know where we we want to get, and as post-millennialists, where we will get, we need to know what justice is. We need to know what what justice would look like, and and it would look like no food stamps, the, the civil government taking money from you against your will, for food stamps, it could be private Correct. charity. Absolutely. Justice would look like uh, no no welfare payments. Correct. Funded by forced Absolutely. taxation. Yep. Justice would look like no subsidized housing. Correct. Justice would look like no union laws. And so he just doesn't get there. And, and I think that's his position, but I just don't know why he didn't go there in the book and say this is what justice looks like. Justice but, demands no food stamps, no you know by forced taxation. So let's start there. The libertarian view is very prevalent in the church, the in, in the reformed side of things. I mean, we've right. seen that over the years. Right. You know, it's it's that yeah. libertarian idea of you 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 you're not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. And and there's a lot of the libertarian position that I think corresponds well to biblical law. It does, but, but it, it eventually not, ends in anarchy. It, right. Mm. If if you take the libertarian you know principle uh, position to its full ba- sense, yeah, based on its own merits. It does fall apart. Yes, and I think, absolutely. But, but that's my critique of this. He's presenting this as if it's the libertarian position, which then we would rightly say, well, if that's the libertarian position, eh, maybe it's not going to work. And I, I wish he would have said biblical justice would require no food stamps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's, I gotcha. think, the first problem that I have. How do we ask about how we get people to think about this? 
I wish in this book he would have, if he still wanted, I mean, if he wanted to make his, if his idea is this, these drug courts, I still think that's a bad idea, but it still would have been better if he said, biblical justice requires that we do not have any of these other man-made laws and that, and you would be free to, to, to smoke pot, quote unquote, uh, without the civil government coming down on you, but there might be other consequences, X, Y, or Z. That's my first point. Anything you want to add on that? Um, you know, what can we do in our society right now? Um, I'll say the, the first thing that we can do is, um, uh, it's a negative application. Don't argue for status solutions. Right, that's a great point. That Don't argue for status solutions. You know, we, we waste a lot of time, uh, uh, you know, arguing for solutions that are not biblical. Um and, you know, that's the main question of the abolitionist movement, because, you know, a lot of people are saying we can't get abolition of abortion because that's just not practical. Well, you know what's not practical? Herod, you know, not committing adultery. This is not practical. Herod's going to do it anyway. But John the Baptist said, you know, I don't care. Thus saith the Lord. He lost his head over it. Um, so even though John the Baptist was complete failure of getting Herod to repent, complete failure, he was still successful in the long run. Um, because he, he established he established an example for us to follow. Thus saith the Lord. Not, uh, here's my latest and greatest idea of how we should enforce drug laws. Um, you know, uh, so the first thing that we can do is not argue for stated solutions. The second thing we can do is argue for biblical solutions. It's not impossible. There are many things that um, uh, people are doing uh, right now that in their in their statist um, economies and statist uh, situations, they are arguing for biblical solutions, and maybe they won't get them, but it's still the right thing to do. If you're in a position of power or a position of authority where you're where you're making laws, you should always be trying to argue for the biblical solution. And even if nobody listens to you and it doesn't get passed, and, and you know it's just you arguing for it. you should you still have a responsibility to say, "Thus saith the Lord," even though you're not successful. So I want to build on that. I think that's a great point. Don't argue for status solutions. And I think looking at this, Doug Wilson's recommendations here, he acknowledges, again, I wish it was more forceful, his acknowledgement that the if there's any injustice here, it's to the employers. Yes. Right? So he should be focusing on that. And yes. if you want a practical thing, going to Harrisburg or whatever, that should be the negative legislation that we're requesting. Hey, can we have freedom yes. as employers to do what we want mm -hmm. with what is ours that God has given us? Because here's here's the bottom line. In the end, if we implement Doug Wilson's proposal, have we dealt with the injustice that is happening right now? Mm -hmm. We have not right. dealt with the injustice to the right. employer. That's true. We already have injustice for, for drug users, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. We... And Doug Wilson would probably agree that the laws we have now are not adequate. That's his whole point of the book. And we would say that's it's unjust for you to lock someone up. And I think Wilson would agree, but I don't know what – another critique. I don't know what his – you don't pay the fine. Now it's not a drug uh, drug, drug, uh, drug fine, drug charge. What does it become? Does it terminate in prison? I mean because that's, that's the system we have. So I don't know what his, his uh, application would terminate in. But we already have injustice now with the drug laws, and we have injustice to the employer. So his solution does not deal with the injustice. It, it, it just says, well, let's change the unjust penalties and make them this. And in the end, if we want if we want change, why not focus on removing the injustice? Say, let's not punish the employers for this drug, because that's not going to change in mm -hmm. his proposal. Yep, because right. he, if you adopt his position, yes. you still have the employers who say, right. okay, well, yeah, this guy was caught with possessing marijuana, 
Maybe he wasn't even using it, and now he has to pay a fine and go to rehab. But what about me as the employer? Right. Can I fire this guy? Right. So, I, I don't. I don't. It doesn't deal with the real issue. Mm-hmm. Any, anything else on that, Dave, Luke? No. I mean, the only thing I would add is maybe the employer doesn't want to fire him, and he's upset because he had to go to rehab and take a couple of days off work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Great like point. really? Yeah. yeah. Or, really? Or I'm maybe, gonna I'm gonna lose man hours because right. because and, and, and maybe because he was in possession of it. And, right. And maybe, really? Maybe with these drug laws of possession, you know, maybe a father finds his son's cannabis stash and he wants to get rid of it because he doesn't want his son to be fined so he goes out and he throws it in the trash and then someone sees him and says hey your possession now the father's punished it's not even his well yeah and then the employer's punished because his father doesn't now his show father, yeah his father's fine now i mean it's, and it's just all these problems so that would be my, the, my those would be my initial answers i mean what's our goal and and if there's if there's anything we're going to push for it needs to be justice mm-hmm. so if we're going to fight yes. for anything that's your point with the the abortion thing if we're going to go petition our magistrates, which we should, it should always be, mm-hmm. will you execute justice yes. or will you stop perverting justice? Mm-hmm. And Doug Wilson's proposal in Chapter 10 I don't think fits either one of those categories. Mm-hmm. It's not calling on the civil government to execute justice, and it's not calling on them to stop perverting injustice, mm-hmm. perverting justice. So Amen. it's just, hey, this is a better idea of man-made statism. And maybe it is within that system, but it's not biblical. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to address the injustice that is happening uh, because of the status system. Drugs are a problem. Abuse is a problem. But the solution, obviously, is not coming from the civil government. And, and that's one of the things that uh, the status, this mindset, well, there's a problem that has to be solved by the civil government. And until we remove ourselves from that thinking, we really eliminate a lot of ways that we could solve problems Mm -hmm. i think i think i think the one thing that with with the with the theonomic position is so many people are leery of it because of that they're like oh you're gonna outlaw twinkies and coffee and you know they're like oh you know and and as you guys have said on the podcast many times that's not at all what theonomy is right but that's what people think it is Mm -hmm. it's a killjoy people think people think that this is what theonomy looks like what he's written down here. Hmm. Well, it's hard to blame them. I mean, Doug Wilson is definitely the probably one of, one of the most popular voices in, in the theonomy uh, position, so to speak, and that's one of the reasons that we wanted to ad- critique this book. Well, and and that's what I'm saying is, yeah, you have you have a popular theonomist who's who's saying, well, we're still going to have laws. Who gets to make those laws? Right. What what do those laws look like? Mm-hmm. What's general equity theonomy going to look like? Well, what's it going to look like in 30 years? Right. If we have this type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. I want, I want to bring up another point. We have a few more minutes. And Luke, if you have to leave, go ahead and, and get up and leave. Um, taking dominion. I know you've talked to me about this before, Dave. Maybe just briefly touch on it. If we have laws like this, which, again, I, I don't think Doug Wilson or any one of us has uh, you know, cornered the market or we've, we have all the information we possibly could have about marijuana or any substance. So w- once you criminalize... And this is would criminalize it, whatever you want to call it. It's a drug court. It's not a drug charge. Whatever. If you're caught in this, you are forced to pay a fine or do rehab. It, if you criminalize this substance, well, now you are preventing the righteous from taking dominion. Absolutely. Of it. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to let you may, maybe make a comment on that, and then we could add a few things as we come to a close here. Go ahead. So, so if if we're going to criminalize it, all right, just having possession of the of the plant, of the leaf, of the dried herb. You know, somewhere, somewhere Doug has to make a definition. 
if it was once it's dried and it's smokable, mm-hmm. now it becomes now it becomes illegal. Mm-hmm. At what point? Yeah. All right. So he's probably gonna if he were sitting here, he'd probably say, "Well, no, the plant. I'm not gonna criminalize the plant. Right. It's only once it's dried." All right. Okay. So okay, I'll grant you that, Doug. But we don't know. You know, God has given us every green herb for our use, to, and and I think we need to figure out whether it's cocoa leaves, whether you know, is cocaine really the final? Um, a product of yeah, right. The final resting place yeah. for 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 right. what it actually does is cocaine. Really, what that plant is good for? Yeah. Um, burdock leaves, for example. Burdock leaves um, were discovered to uh, if you have burns, um, they'll they'll take the infection out of it, and they will literally help you like heal the, heal to the point where you might not even um, need skin grafts. Wow. And, and so there's there's things like that that yeah. we have, um, and but the problem is you need righteous people in those systems. You don't need crooked medical doctors out there doing these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to many places where they're trying to figure out right, what is cannabis really. What's a what's the oil do? Is there is there other uses for it? Right. Um, right. T-shirts, you know, paper. Uh, there the, there there are studies out there that, you know, a tree takes twenty years to get to. Uh, pulp wood or 15 years or 10 years you can turn marijuana into pulp in in eight months mm-hmm. you know so so basically when we take this 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 approach now we're gonna have to create more laws yes we're gonna create more laws saying well no you the state's gonna grant you the right to do it under uh, these conditions under these conditions right but if you p- throw a plant plant in the corner and you forget about it and it dries out now you're in possession of marijuana. Mm-hmm. So, so, so these are the issues that you're going to run into, and what it's going to do is it's going to it's going to prohibit us from taking dominion. Yeah, amen. Yeah, that's and, a good point. And I mean, I think that's at the end of the day, that's what we're going to run into. Yep. And I wanted to bring that up, and there's so much more we could say here, but this to me is a great case in point of an argument against man-made law, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things a lot of people struggle with with your book, Luke. A lot of people love it, but one of the main things that some people say, well. Don't we need man-made law? Don't we, is there, and this is what I'm still waiting to hear, what man-made law do we need for justice? Mm-hmm. And let's just take this one. It's not this. Yeah. We don't need a law that says if you're caught in possessing marijuana in X form, you now have to go to rehab or pay a fine. Mm-hmm. So in Amen. this one, if anybody wants to argue with that, I would invite you to come in to this uh, studio and uh, have a discussion on that. Uh, final. I'm going to give you guys final word, and then we're going to wrap up here. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, Luke? No, I, 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 I think I've said everything that I wanted to say. It's a great point, Dave. That you know, even men must be free to experiment. Um, uh, you know, the effects uh, with the effects of smoking marijuana. Obviously, we got to a point where uh, we understood marijuana. You know, Doug understands marijuana as as being as being sinful, but somebody had to smoke marijuana first for for us to 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 come to that conclusion. We must be free to experiment. Um, you know, e- e- even um, you, you know, uh, I agree with him that you know, for doing it for recreational purposes is wrong. Um, I, I I I do agree with that, um, but. You know Doug's understanding and my understanding of of marijuana, as you said, Chris, before is a great point. It's it's not it's not final. We're not done with dominion on marijuana. Men must be free to experiment. And when you start creating laws 
regulating these kinds of things, it kills the experimentation. It kills Dominion as a result. It's a great point you guys have made. I you know agree who with it still, 100%. You know who would still be free to to do scientific experiments on it if it was illegal? The state. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. Exactly. Yep. And that's what's happening right now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, and they're going to they're gonna suppress it. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, the narrative of the outcome of that is what's going to determine then what happens for the general public. Right. You know, they're going to, well, you know what, um, we can make money off of, off of all the felonies or, or the arrests that we make, uh, and, and which is just another form of taxation, really. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so the state's going to soon figure out what's going to be beneficial for them, mm, right. not what's beneficial for the kingdom. Right. Right. Amen. All right. We got to wrap up. Anything else? That's it. That's it. Okay. Thank you both. Uh, great comments. Uh, and thanks to Doug Wilson for writing this book. Again, this is the stuff we need uh, in Christendom. We need the arguments to be put forth so we can analyze them. Absolutely. Right? And we invite, Absolutely. invite you to analyze what we've said and disagree with us. You know, write in, come in, and, and have these discussions. This is what it's all about. Again, I'd much rather be uh, discussing and analyze something, analyzing something from Doug Wilson than from you know some liberal think tank that's saying, oh, here's our position on marijuana. So appreciate that. Hopefully we've given you some things to think about. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, get more content like this out there, out there go to patreon.com slash the Lancaster Patriot. And until next time, remember that Christ, not man, is king. So long.